Welcome to the Insurance Post podcast. I'm Emran Hughes, editor of Insurance Post, and this is the second of two specially recorded podcasts to mark the Ninth Dive-In Festival, which this year focuses on unlocking innovation, the power of inclusion. For the second of our two-part special, to coincide with this year's dive-in, I'm joined by the Association of British Insurers, Lisa Antola, and Aviva's Johnny Briggs to talk about how an inclusive approach to innovation is changing the sector's products and services. Today on the Insurance Post podcast, we have with us Lisa Antola, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Policy Advisor at the Association of British Insurers, and Johnny Briggs, Diversity, Inclusion and Resourcing Director of Aviva. They're going to share with us how they have encouraged inclusive innovation, plus the benefits of this approach for businesses and wider society. Hi, Lisa and Johnny. Welcome to the Insurance Post podcast. Hi, Emma. Hi, Emma. So, Lisa, can you tell us a bit about what's been the impact of the industry's diversity inclusion strategies on the products and services it produces to date? Sure, happy to. Um, As is the ABI, we've been working on making the insurance sector more diverse, equitable and inclusive for a long time now. In 2017 already, we started with the data collection that we collect from our membership, where we ask questions regarding talent and diversity. So with that data collection, we're able to track progress year on year. Um, We've also ran different campaigns, such as campaigns um, advertising flexible working in our industry, for example. And sort of all of that work then was compiled into one uh, bigger document, which is our DEI blueprint. It was published back in of of last year. And really, it has the mission of making this the most diverse, uh, equitable and inclusive sector of the UK economy, which obviously is really important given that we're a customer-centric industry and we want to be more representative of, of the people that we serve. It's got three different themes, attract, grow and advance. The first theme looks at how can we attract people from different backgrounds into our sector and how can we create more diverse entry points as well. The grow theme then again looks at sort of progress. So how can we make sure that we've got inclusive cultures where everyone can thrive? And then the final theme is again around data. So how could we collect better quality data and then also inform strategies based on it? And with this strategy, we'll work together with members. So it's really a concrete work plan. And uh, we've got a DEI network that gets together quarterly, which Johnny is part of. And, and we, we really try to work together to, to make this mission come alive. And the cause and effect kind of remains to be seen. Uh, we're now first year into the blueprint and we're planning to publish our first progress report um, to coincide with our DEI summit on the 10th of October. So remains to be seen. Um, Johnny, can you, obviously Aviva's been um, kind of pushing for inclusion and diversity for a long time. What impact has it had on your products and services? So it, it, I would say significant, but lots more to, to do. So the, the key thing for what we need to do is we need to make sure we have got diverse teams that reflect the market we sit in that are able to then produce products for the market we sit in. So, so for us particularly, the propositions teams should be really diverse. And if you get true diversity, you'd really then get diversity of thought. And that makes sure that we can then create propositions that are better. So so, so we've got, um, I would give an example in terms of the Aviva Zero product, which is a sustainability product. And that's been created and grown by creating a propositions team that we're able to to think differently um, just because of different experiences and backgrounds they've got. Lisa, obviously, I mean, the theme of this year's dive-in is inclusive innovation. How do you create an inclusive innovation process that 
encourages co-creation is the key part, as Johnny touched on there, the makeup of the teams and having diversity of thought when it comes to product creation and services. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think firms should also look at where do innovation processes happen in the companies? You know, does everyone have, is everyone being listened to? Is everyone's ideas being listened to? Or is innovation sitting at the top of the organization? And I think that's where we need to improve on as well, because representation should representation data shows that in the entry levels we've got great diversity when it when we look at for example gender but then as soon as we move up the organization we have for example less female representation and so if innovation processes sit at the top um, then we've got a problem um, but I do think we can strengthen collaboration by encouraging people to speak up to challenge you know outdated views and attitudes and bring their creative ideas into the table we vouch for speak up policies for for our companies um, in our membership, for example. So there's loads that you can do to, to make sure that the processes are there. Johnny, what has your organisation done to kind of strengthen that collaboration among employees, regardless of what level they're at, they're at across the organisation? So, so there's a number of things, and, and, and Lisa's absolutely spot on. It's, it's not just about having diversity in terms of numbers, it's about then the inclusion part of it. So from our perspective, we will look at one of the questions that we ask in our annual employee engagement survey, which is, can you be yourself at work? And of course, the beauty of that question is the definition of yourself is exclusively to you. So it's not necessarily about gender, ethnicity or faith or sexual orientation, it's, it's what's important in terms of to you. Um, and we get scores in the 80s, but that means that there are certainly around 15, 16% of people that don't feel they can be themselves. If they can be themselves, they'll be more engaged, they'll be more productive and they'll then help us. Um, in regard to collaboration, the, the things that we're trying to do are to make sure that every single person in the organisation is involved. So if you go back a few years in insurance, we were focusing particularly on gender and ethnicity and to some organisations' pride. Whereas what we're now looking at is un letting people understand that actually wherever they're at, whatever age they're at, whatever their background, they have got some DEI um, kind of characteristics. So that might be a social economic background, it might be their age, it might be their faith, it might be their ethnicity or their gender or their gender identification or sexual orientation. So it's about bringing them, helping people to understand that and then bringing them together. So. A quick example I would give is that we have got a caring community which is for individuals who have a caring responsibility as a parent or for another member of their family that needs um, those caring responsibilities. But, but colleagues told us they were finding it difficult to come out at work because they were worried that people would then assume that they weren't wanting to progress or they weren't going to be as productive. So the Pride community worked with the caring community about coming out at work. And it was great. And what it means is you've then got different experiences coming together to help the, the, the kind of better good of, of, of those colleagues, but ultimately the organisation. Mm. It's, I mean, just if you look at the kind of agenda for this year's Dive In Festival, it's just so it's more diverse in terms of the topics covered, which is great to see. Um, I mean, a key part of, um, of being more inclusive with customers is communications. And my gosh, the complaints over the years um, about lengthy documents and whether or not people can digest them. Lisa, what changes have you seen insurers make to communications to make sure these are more inclusive and digestible for a wider array of society? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, there's been a lot of complaints and we obviously see that and we hear this and we want to help our members with this. There's two organisations that we've partnered with that I'd like to 
mentioned, there's plain numbers, which helps people who struggle with numeracy to better understand sort of customer communications. It's an organization that we've worked with and that we encourage our members to sign up for as well. So six of our members currently work with them. And then in addition to that, we've partnered with Fairer Finance, which then again helps con- uh, customers that might struggle with literacy. So, and, and that would really be my advice as well. I mean, you don't have to have all of this um, knowledge in-house, but I would encourage firms to, to partner with different organizations that have this knowledge. And then in addition to that, us internally as the ABI, you know, we've got a customer vulnerability uh, working group. Um, currently, they're working on a report um, that is going to be a best practice guide for our members to better support autistic customers. And it's been really great to see, you know, the dra- first draft of that report, because a lot of the tips there, you know, be clear with communication, look at your distribution channels and think about how inclusive they are. Ultimately, this is going to help people beyond the autistic spectrum. So for example, myself, you know, I'm not a native English speaker. So for me as well, you know, policy documents and insurance can be quite confusing. And I think that's really the great thing here. When we look at inclusion, um, we can look at it, as Johnny mentioned, beyond sort of those protected direct um, uh, characteristics, for example, but look at things such as um, social economic background and, you know, look at the wider ethnic diversity spectrum, which then includes, you know, myself as a person who doesn't speak English as their first language. Mm, I mean, inclusion, approaches to inclusion, obviously benefiting far wider than often the groups that um, perhaps individual activities focused on. Um, I'm w- w- Such a massive topic, we could go on forever, but I'm aware that this is going out during dive-in week where there's a lot of different sessions vying for people's time. So to conclude, um, Johnny, could you, could you share your thoughts on is the general insurance industry now better at serving a wider array of customers due to the inclusivity steps that it is taking? It is definitely better. It mm. has got more to do. So I think that things like Dive In, and if um, if you're listening to this, you can listen to any recording at Dive In. I, I think every insurance employee should listen to one thing. Choose something, listen to it, and learn, because every single person needs to be involved and will be a better and a more attractive industry. So yes, we've made progress. Dive In's fantastic. We just need to, to continue that. And getting that consistency there. Lisa, the last word goes to you. How how would you feel the industry has upped its game on inclusive innovation and what more does it need to do? I think we've already done a lot. And the fact that I've got so many member firms so engaged uh, with my DEI blueprint, that's been really great to see and it's been great to work with them. There's real commitment here, but there is more we can do. Looking at, for example, the attract theme, we can definitely do more to make sure that our sector attracts talent from different backgrounds. And then similarly, we can make sure that those people that then enter our sector actually feel at home here and feel like they can raise their their opinions and be part of that innovation process. And then the final theme, I mean, data, we can definitely look at to collect more data and then also use that data to inform the policy, uh, strategies that we have in place. So there's more we can do. And then kind of finally, uh, referring back to the partnerships I mentioned, I think we have to work in parallel on both of these topics. So both looking at how can we support vulnerable customers, but then also how can we bring those people from different backgrounds into the sector, into employment. And I think with the combination of that, we can really have strength in all of this. So much great work going on and so much more great work being done at the moment. I'm looking forward to that update on the blueprint in October. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Insurance Post podcast. I would like to thank Lisa and Johnny for joining us and sharing their insights on what it takes to make this a more inclusive, innovative industry. As always, also thanks to you for listening to the Insurance Post podcast. If you enjoy our show, 
please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to Insurance Post and following us on Facebook, LinkedIn and X. The Insurance Post podcast is a product of InfoPro Digital.